Welcome to the Teensy Leader Podcast. Today on the podcast, we have Sam Serif. How's it going, you guys? Hello. <laughs> Hi, Sam. Welcome in. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, I've been looking forward to this. Me I too. I have a question for you. All right. About your name. Yeah. So um, it was a while ago where I was editing and I was sitting there and just thinking to myself, like, man, I'm really bad at at text. I'm really bad at changing all of it. Um, I can't even speak on it right now. You know where I'm going with this, though, right? Like, I'm bad at uh, captions, graphics, whatever you want to call it. Um, what is it? Graphic design? No, or? it's uh, it's the the way that they put um, text. Oh, like uh, a typography. Serif. Typography. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I was looking all that stuff yeah. up, and when I did, it came up with what a serif was. Yeah. And when I saw that, I was like, oh. And I kind of started putting it together. I was like, okay, so um. The name Sam Serif, is that like the name that you've had forever? Is that a name that you have like come into? So uh, Serif started, so Mike, I've been running Serif for uh, seven years and it's changed names over those seven years and Serif's just been the one that's stuck for the last four. Um, originally, like my Instagram handle was Sam I Am The Artist. And then I got more into graphic design as I went through high school and uh, in college, and I changed it to Sam Serif. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, I thought it had two R's. And so <laughs> so I was like, oh, I'll just keep it as that. And like I think it took three years to figure out that I've been misspelling Serif for, <laughs> for about 20. It's um, a good part. Yeah, it's fine. A little true. Um, but after having Sam Serif, sound just so natural to and mm -hmm. it's like adopted as it's been adopted as my like unofficial last name so yeah. like um it it's been a name that i've been uh loving and having serif by itself is a a what i've been told is like somewhat of like an oxymoron mm -hmm. or just it's counterproductive because dropping the sand part or a san is what drops the serif mm -hmm. on a fa on a typeface. Yeah. So therefore, me dropping Sam makes no point, and mm -hmm. we're just left with the little dingly bit on a text. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. So. That's it's very interesting because like I didn't know, and when I started watching this video for my own art and stuff, I yeah. just started thinking of you, and I was like, how? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I was really into it. Yeah. And um, recently, a lot of people have been asking me like, oh, did you pull it from like this for like, uh historic like religious context or because mm. there's been uh characters in text called serif with that exact spelling oh. or like somewhat similar to it and I, I it's been a typeface joke that has purely been a typeface joke for uh, like five years four years what what is a, a serif character what is what is that person or job position what is that what do you you said that there was the the serif like a person. Oh, um, so one of my friends uh, was telling me that they were reading a book and there was a figure in it named Serif and it had religious context to it. I haven't looked into it, mm. but um, they were just curious if I had like read all this like religious text or mm. like all this uh, like read all these books that have had Serif as a character or figure in it, but. Um, it's something that I should probably look into so that way I could possibly integrate it. But yeah. Serif is purely just, um, 
I, I find Seraph a really good gender neutral, androgynous, um, non binary title. Um, and so just having that there and then developing, like, I'm trying to develop my high end side of things, um, Maison Seraph. And there's already a text called Mason Serif. And so everyone's like, ah, I see what you did there. And I'm like, I did not know that text existed until <laughs> after I came up with Mason Serif. Yeah. So <laughs> what is Mason? Uh, Mason stands for, uh, it means house of in French. So Mason Margella. And uh, so it's just the house of, and it's usually used for like um, uh, haute couture or couture. Um, fashion labels mm. so uh that's like my handmade dresses and mm -hmm. kind of yeah where mm -hmm. serif is more of my streetwear and like workwear looking stuff that's cool yeah um so let me ask you a little bit about your background because yeah. before serif you were sam i am <laughs> the artist the artist yeah. right yeah how did you come to the point of uh being sam i am the artist Let's let's go from like the beginning to there. How okay. do you come up with that? So, uh, when I was in about, I always drew, but like I didn't know that I wanted to be an artist until about like fifth grade. Mm. And my dad apparently um, recollects me coming up to him when I was in fifth grade and me saying like, "Oh, I want to be an artist," and he was like well, you can't connect two lines. What makes you think you're going to be an artist? Um, he's just a realist. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's okay. Um, but, like, growing up, just, sit, like, loving comic books and animated TV shows and um, just, like, Transformers and G.I. Joes, but, like, I, and just seeing all the animation, it kind of just went, oh, I really like this kind of stuff, and, like, I was always creative, and then um, middle school, I was in band in sixth grade and realized that playing an instrument and putting all that practice in wasn't giving me satisfaction. So I swapped back over to fine arts. And then uh, I think because I uh, like when social media started uh, growing, because uh, I think Instagram was uh, when I was a freshman in high school. Mm -hmm. And so uh, me loving Dr. Seuss and everyone using Sam I Am as the literary device to remember my name, it just felt fitting to use Sam I Am the artist. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was when I started doing uh, whatever art that I could try to do. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, your first medium was drawing. Yeah. Yeah. And you just expanded from drawing to, I mean, what was next? Was it poetry? Was it fashion? So I I didn't start doing um, fashion and poetry until a little later in life. Mm -hmm. um, I started out with, like, drawing. I My mom would get me all these, like, tracing paper sketchbooks and, like, all these art books to show me how to draw, like, pop culture characters. Mm. Um, my dad would buy me any, like, art supplies that I wanted, like, that week and that I went to go visit him. Um, but, uh, so I started out with drawing and then I went into like in high school, I'm predominantly self-taught other than like high school classes and like taking college classes for reinforcement on certain, uh, mediums. So I didn't start doing acrylic painting until freshman year of high school. 
Um, I did the like finger painting growing up, but uh, I didn't start appreciating acrylic painting until college. Mm. Um, and so I started doing um, painting and then uh, I really liked color pencil and ink. And uh, one day I was watching a bunch of YouTube videos on like how to do comic book illustration because I was taking an intro class at the Academy of Arts one summer. And um, they said one of the best things to do is draw in your sketchbook strictly in pen because you can't erase pen Mm. unless you buy one of those big erasable pens. But um, (laughs) like uh, so I I drew faces with just pen and just filled up sketchbooks. And so for a long time, I hated drawing with pencil, except for color pencil. Mm. Um, And then college is when my, and I welded with my dad for his work. He was a mechanic, so I helped him weld, like, gates and stuff like that. But um, college was, like, the big explosion of, like, me hitting the wall or just exploding with art materials. So I started doing... Um, soft sculpture work that's when I started learning how to hand sew that's when I learned how to do more technical watercolor paintings that's when I learned how to do welding for art's sake learning how to do woodworking um, plaster mold making some screen printing Um, so just learning everything under the sun and then um, I spent like a solid year year and a half doing pottery like four days a week for like up to seven hours a day if I didn't go for a hike before. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, and then poetry uh, came in a little later after, like I wrote poetry here and there, but after I didn't start seriously writing poetry until 2019 after mm-hmm. a, a horrible breakup. In it just the way. <laughs> yeah, I watched a reel and there, it was it like uh, recently and it spoke out to me. They're like, oh, you write, this like sappy poetry and you don't think anything of it and you don't think of it as an art form. And then someone breaks your heart to the point where it's just like, you have to write it out. And then you realize that you've had the capability of writing this beautiful art form. And then you take poetry seriously. Mm -hmm. Um, Or it takes like a musician, like me listening to Leonard Cohen. Mm -hmm. He taught me like unofficially how to do spoken word. Because that's what his last album is. It's spoken word that his son added a musical background to. And so um, after he passed away. so I'm going to have to check that out. Leonard Cohen? Yeah, Leonard Cohen. I'm going to check that out. That sounds really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and um, that's actually where I met you is uh, spoken word poetry. Yeah. Yeah, Monday night. Monday night. Hey, Jesse. Well, actually, we met at uh, Reno Coffee Company when you were doing the Harry Potter for a little theater mm-hmm. and that's yeah. when we followed each other mm-hmm. that's right because because yeah. that's right because i just walked in and we just started talking that yeah. one day no you're correct i'm so sorry no you're all good yeah that that is right because you were just sitting at the bar and you were just doing stuff and i was like oh it's an artist yeah in the wild a real <laughs> artist like, <laughs> like that just for you know uh if you're not from reno that does happen but it's a little rare sometimes yeah. if you're in certain parts of the city the art community is very much like the title like the biggest little city where like we have a huge art community but like it's unless you're like searching for it and you're just like adamant about wanting to be in the community it can be hard to get into Mm -hmm. or like if you don't have friends like if you have friends out here then it's a little easier Mm -hmm. but um it's a lot of like 
you sometimes just have to go to a lot of coffee shops. That's, that's <laughs> the key. The coffee or shops. Or bars. <laughs> or bars. Specific times. Yeah. Or bars. Yeah, yeah. That's where the artists be for sure. Um, so how did you get into to fashion? So, like, I always really liked clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, growing up, I was kind of just taught to fit. I'm the middle child of three uh, kids, and mm-hmm. both my brothers are very much, like, straightforward men. Um, like Man. Men. Like, testosterone level 100. Uh. Little brother's a bodybuilder right now. Dang. I think he just went pro, I think. That's or cool. Or at least he... Yeah, competed in a pro competition. Yeah, um, to get certified. Um, but I, I was just basically taught to dress to kind of fit in the middle of that. And so, like when I hit like late middle school, early high school, when I started becoming the only kid in those age ranges, because we're about two and a half, three years apart. Um, I was by myself in high school for about three years until my little brother, like I, I had one year with my older brother and then one year with my little brother. Wow. Um, but I got to be the emo kid that I wanted to be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> like uh, when Hot Topic actually made good skinny jeans. Uh, <laughs> Hot and Topic. Yeah. Um, when they actually knew what screamo music was, he, uh, the, yeah. yeah, when it's not just anime culture, when I couldn't just bring my mom in there, I can bring my mom in there now, yeah, and I have. Well, it's, I mean, it's mostly Pokemon and Harry Potter stuff nowadays. That's why I can bring her in. It's kind of like box lunch. Yeah, it, well, box lunch is in the mall yeah. right next door. Yeah, like, it's a yeah. You're yeah. right. It's the uh, same <laughs> same store, slightly varied. <laughs> yeah, one's a little blacker, <laughs> a, a little tingy. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I got to, like, start wearing, like, the stuff that I wanted to wear. Like, I started getting to listen to, like, my own music. And um, so I started getting to dress a little bit, like, how I wanted to. And then um, outside of that, when I started going, uh, when I was graduated, uh, I started thrifting, like, almost right before the big boom. Like, when, like, Little Yachty was just getting on the scene talking about thrifting all of the Nautica, mm-hmm. like, around and so everyone who wanted to look like little Yachty or little Uzi Vert or something like that wanted to just go in and thrift and ravage all the Goodwills. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, like, I started wearing, like, super baggy, oversized knitted sweaters and, like, kind of going on my uh, biggie Kuji look mm-hmm. and just kind of dressing like a middle-aged art teacher. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, I've always just loved fashion. Uh, the one thing that I've just recently got into is, like, sneakers. Um, just cause, uh, paychecks, uh, allowed me to, mm-hmm. um, but, uh, when I learned that, uh, product design slash, fa- uh, like industrial design was a art field where it was like footwear and clothing. Um, I started appreciating making high end clothes, but also making functional clothes. Uh, I've always been like a utilitarian. Like I love making bowls and uh, mugs when I do pottery. I don't like making plates. Um, like I, it's a weird thing where I'm like, yes, everything must be super functional. Like I don't like sandals super often. Mm. But um, like fashion was a slow bleed into me where I, I just had to get comfortable with my own skin. Like recently uh, I came out as non-binary like last year or late last year, early this year. 
Um, and so I've been experimenting with more of the high fashion side, but I didn't really uh, think I was going to go the high fashion route. I wanted to focus on making like utilitarian footwear and like uh, focus on sustainability and ethically sourced materials and like learn how to like upcycle materials in a more sustainable way than just melting plastic back down and turning it into new plastic. Um, but, um, so like fashion went from dress like your brothers to, okay, you can look a little different now to, okay, your little brother's back in school. So you got to dress a little bit more like him just to even things out. And then out of college look or, or in college dress like an art, art teacher or just like a typical art student because I wanted to live in San Francisco so bad. So I dressed like I belonged in San Francisco and then uh, moving out here. I'm like, no, you got to wear whatever you want. You're three and a half hours away from your family. Like mm -hmm. you are your own person. So like, let's go get tattoos. Let's get piercings. Let's get like nice clothes, nice shoes. And uh, yeah, my dad, the, last year was like oh you look like you could be gq status because of just all the stuff that you wear and <laughs> okay i'll take it <laughs> gentleman's quarterly oh yeah okay yeah that's nice yeah um uh your your pronouns are uh he they or they them uh it it it's he they i mm -hmm. i do prefer they them but uh the times <laughs> it's Reno. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh yeah. No, it's it's not worth having so, the conversation yeah, with half the when people. When someone can do he they like fifty fifty split in the conversation with me, I take it as a win. Like mm -hmm. I I'm just my uh, some of my coworkers and some of the people that I work with in my art space. I'm just like, you know, it, like I'm not offended. Like I have a mustache. I have a beard. Like I, I I'm very masculine presenting. So I know it's harder to use the they pronoun especially because most people are used to using it not in that context um but yeah it's i mean it was the same way in my hometown because it was a smaller uh like farmer town mm -hmm. so like lgbt stuff wasn't like super um prominent like spoken of like if you're friends with people who are in that community um, like it, it wasn't really like that diverse. So that tends to happen in those small towns. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always thinking of like, I'd be really interested to go to Oregon and go to the coast for like a week and then just slowly start driving into the state. Cause I've heard that the coast is very, very democratic, very liberal. Uh, but the second you're like right. going in, it's like the South in the woods have yeah. migrated up <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Uh yeah, I mean, it's funny cuz moving up here people are like, "Oh yeah, you're you're moving essentially to a second California in like the demographic sense because you have big blobs of blue and then like if you go into the middle of nowhere, it's all pockets of red." Yep. Um I went to Utah to perform uh poetry at uh the Utah Art Festival mm -hmm. and we stopped by I think Winnemucca and Elko and mm -hmm. uh, they had weird bumper stickers where it was like, Oh, if you have um, 
what was it spark plugs like it was like alluding to like oh you're a softie or like if you have spark plugs you're like this lesser being kind of if you I was have like spark plugs yeah what does that mean? I don't like they're just it was like the peeing Calvin on like a spark plug and like I, it felt very like uh, undertone homophobic if you had spark plugs <laughs> yeah what is this what is the spark plug even like because I to? think I think it's like a oh you don't drive diesel you're a lesser human being right because you're an alco. Yeah, because <laughs> you're an Elko, and that's yeah. what they they drink out there and yeah. drive trucks. That's yeah. their pastime. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what else is there to do? Uh, I don't know. I we yeah. went we went in there to like get gas, so mm-hmm. that way we can just zoom the six hours over. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I was like, I want to get one of these, like ironically, so w- yeah. that way people just go like, what does this even mean? <laughs> I'm questioning it myself. Yes. I kind of want to go to the town and just ask them. You yeah, know? it was just this random gas station. Like, uh, like we, I mean, I think it was a Chevron or, mm-hmm. but the market was a independently owned thing, and mm-hmm. they just had these weird random uh, bumper stickers. Must be a a towny thing. Yeah, but, um, yeah. It reminds me of uh, like during, I think it was twenty twenty. Uh, I was on a film set, and it was in Carson, and basically, like, there was a line in Carson where if you were on this side of the line. It was very liberal. If you're on the other side of the line, it was very Republican, right? But then that line was the representation of the line in Nevada itself. Right. Like the second you cross over it, every subsequent town after that, Gardnerville, Minden, all of them, it was just a sea of Blue Lives Matter flags, you know? And like, and, you know, to each their own, whatever. That's That's your deal. But it was just like, so much to the point where you could tell that the culture wouldn't even allow another culture to exist. Yeah. That's the real problem, right? Yeah. Um, Cause I, I don't know. I, I feel like culture should be able to get along. Yeah. You know? Like it, it's funny cause just working in retail, you meet a lot of people. Like I used to work in uh, floor and decor when I first moved out here. Mm-hmm. So you meet a lot of like carpenters and like Republican, like, you know, just like blue collar people. And I used to work at, like work clothing stores and Mm -hmm. that also kind of fed into fashion too because i worked there before workwear being in streetwear Mm -hmm. was a thing and um but it's just funny like working at rei now being like openly queer having a they them their pronoun pin and like a non-binary moth uh, pin on my vest and like Mm -hmm. having the very like visual overstimulating piercings and all the tattoos and like i've had several like hardcore republicans like or like people wearing trump hats go like you know i might not like appreciate like you but like i i commend you for doing what you have done to yourself because that Mm -hmm. looks like it would hurt it looks like it took a lot of time Mm -hmm. and it's it's really interesting to see people who are like the exact opposite of you just compliment you on like what you have done and like but and then it's weird when people are on the same side of you talking like attacking you yeah <laughs> yes yeah 100 <laughs> percent. i'm i'm like the only thing politics wise i'll say is that i would find it very interesting if social things were not in politics yeah because it seems to me that that the biggest divide is social everything and if we had none of that i always wonder like 
how many Republicans would be like, yeah, I'll, I'll vote Democratic? How many are liberal? How many? Yeah. How many vice versa yeah. as well? You know, because that's the only that's the only real big divide yeah. in my mind is all of the social issues. Yeah. You know, and uh, the moral dilemmas, if you yeah. will, of certain peoples who are like, well, you can't do that, and it's like, well, who says? Because yeah. <laughs> you kind of can. It's yeah. just you saying that I can't. So, right. yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't want to talk politics yeah. too much. Every time I start getting into it, it's one of those things where it just starts draining. Yeah. Yeah. Separation between church, state, and art. Ooh. Yep. <laughs> even though, even though that's the thing is like most of the artists that I know want to talk politics. They want to talk politics. They want to insert it into I, their art. Know, they like, want a message. My art is more mental health and gender related, mm-hmm. and like uh, trying to advocate for mental health and uh, like I. I don't really care to talk politics. Like my mom's a politician out in California and like, cool. I can talk about it, but like, I don't really care. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just want to stay inside and like read a good book or paint and stuff like that. Um, nice. but like, I think that even though politics is a huge issue in our state and in the world in general, just because we have leaders who shouldn't be in office, um, but like, no, like I'm like not all gonna, of them. Well, well, <laughs> but like mental health and like gender equality and uh, like gender visibility and like the like we're still fighting equal rights. Yes, like we're still fighting, and there's a lot of Republicans who are like there's a lot of politicians in general who want to say one thing and then just completely do the other. And, like, we're getting a lot of restriction on trans rights, and we're getting a lot of restriction on gender identity, and we're getting a lot of just horrible human beings trying to ruin people's happiness. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's because they were suppressed, like, growing up, and so they think, oh, well, if I couldn't have it growing growing up, like, if I couldn't experiment in college, why the hell does this person get to be the person that they want to be? And so, um, like, I think that like with a platform such as art where it's such an open um, environment, you can be any walk of life and vocalize the sides that um, you got to vocalize the sides that you're a part of and provide a louder voice for all those people who don't have as loud of a voice. Mm-hmm. I know that um, my journey has taken 26 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't come out as pansexual till 2015 to one person i didn't openly come out till 2020 right before i moved out here Mm -hmm. um and then i didn't come out as non-binary till about january or december Mm -hmm. um and so me getting all these platforms of like art poetry fashion um though i have these platforms i'm still learning how to use my voice towards that and trying to figure out what the right way of approaching those topics are mm-hmm. so it's a it's definitely an interesting time we live in and i feel like there's more there's more content than ever but there's also more ideas to make content off of than ever and it's yeah. it's interesting it, people always say like the cream will rise to the top um it just seems to me that it's harder and harder for the cream to rise in a time period where you see them when they're making it Right. Like you could come out with something tomorrow that was the dopest shit ever. Uh, and I would believe that even if it was the dopest shit ever, that you would not find success with it 
for five years because yeah. of the circulation that it would need to make in order to have that success. Right. Like, and then on top of it with the, like the, I love art, but also, and I do it predominantly for myself because of how oversaturated it is. Mm-hmm. I originally wanted to be a graphic designer, but it's such a competitive field that I didn't feel like, even though I'm willing to fight and I have a really strong work ethic, I don't want to make my life miserable trying to pump out all these like projects for people that I don't want to be a part of. Mm-hmm. So like doing dog food advertisements cool. I got to look at cute dog photos and like but I'd rather work on fine art, fashion and like my own design stuff. Mm-hmm. But the algorithm as well like on Instagram is always nuts. Um I did one photo shoot of like me in a car and like I posted three photos of them and they all got 45 likes. And then when I posted one uh, tarot design card, it only got four likes. Yeah. And then I did a photo shoot of like me with a bunch of my clothes. It got 45 likes. And then the next day I posted um, a slightly di- different photo and over three days it only got eight likes. And mm. so just having a consistency doesn't even help. Doesn't changing the contact like, it feels like they're rewarding you, but they don't tell you what they're rewarding you off of. So if you're doing that behavior, they're not going to treat all of it the same. They just want you to pump it out, but they're not going to create it equally. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a crazy time. And, um, Instagram is the best and the worst all at the same time. Yeah. And I, I hate having a phone in my pocket, but I love it. I love being able to, like, there's so many things you can do with it. Yeah. Super, super great tool. At the same time, it is, su- it just sucks you in. Yeah. You know? Um, so, uh, speaking of my phone that I hate, it's right here. And I wanted to ask you a little bit. Okay. Maybe about some of your, uh, your work. Specifically, I'd like to start with um, just drawing yeah. Or any medium that would be uh, more visual. Okay. Um, I've noticed that you've been. Let's let's go on here because I'm a sucker for tarot. Um, <laughs> and I've been looking at your. So you're making a tarot card deck right now. Yeah. Right. And um, I guess right here, let's start with this one. We have death and hermit. The hermit. Um, so I'll overlay this on here. Maybe you could talk to us just about like. What got you into wanting to do tarot in the first place? And then with so many different types of tarot decks, how did you come upon, um, you know, the decisions of what you wanted to put in these cards? So uh, originally some of those drawings just purely started out as me wanting to design like a handful of tarot cards. Mm -hmm. Um, I like to stay to myself a lot um i tend to be on the quieter side of things whether it be my representation in the lgbt community or just as an artist in general um that being said um with all the knowledge and like stuff like that that i've learned through college and high school and my appreciation for art history i kind of i heavily related to the hermit card and that's why I wanted to draw that one first. It represents like having all this wisdom and knowledge, but you're like seeking to shed light on things to other people. And um, and then the death card was secondary. My one of the characters that I like to create is named Joe Chill, and um, he's just a wisecracking asshole who 
um, he's my embodiment of death where he he guides you through life and wants to make all these like quick wit remarks and I designed them when I was drinking a little bit too much mm. I, I never got dangerous but um, he kind of represents the trauma in my life mm. and so he's kind of there to help me out and um, in the card design he's holding a, a, a report on life and so he's he I have a poem to go with him about how like you're gonna be fine people are gonna remember you but like you're a mediocre painter you're an okay potter like um so this tarot deck started out uh with me drawing like five or six cards and then people telling me how I need to um design a full deck and then so but I didn't start taking it seriously into about about three months ago four months ago mm-hmm. um and a lot of them are tied into mental health um my depictions on myself so like the devil card um yeah it represents me peeling back the layers to get to the sides that i need to mm-hmm. so um i don't like want to be necessarily like rich and famous but i want to have a level of notoriety and sometimes you gotta peel back some levels of your being to get to those certain places and then um, with the lover's card it's a um, it's instead of representing a relationship I decided it's the internal love of yourself and you being okay with your gender identity and um, you feeling comfortable and loving yourself with who you want to be yeah, that's interesting because I've never seen a, a lover's card with just one person. But yeah. I also, that notion is super sick because yeah. uh, I'm always in that mindset of like, you know, there's you, the person, and yeah. then there's the voice in the back of your head right. that's just like, do this, don't do that, you know, right. the little commentator. Well, like, and then like recently with everyone's starting to preach self-love now. And so like you really do need to love yourself before you commit with someone else. Because if you can't love yourself, if you can't take care of yourself, you can't take care of another human being, and that other human being can't take care of you because you don't know how to take care of yourself. So you don't know how to verbalize that. And um, like I've done a lot of self-loving and self-care, and um, I'm not close, but I'm not far from that. Like reaching what that card represents, mm-hmm. but yeah. It's, it's a very good ideal. Yeah. I, I do enjoy it. And that's one of my favorite things about tarot is um, when somebody picks up a card and then starts uh, putting it into the narrative of whatever the other cards have shown them. Right. And they're just like, you see, look, it's a what it's a it's a six of swords. You're in a boat. You're not looking back. The boat's going to sink. Yeah. It's not a good you know, it's like all these things are like adding up to the whole picture. Um, so I like the little the little subtleties yeah. and nuances of tarot for sure. Um, what about your? So I see the tower here, and it really reminds me of Midsummer. Yeah. Is that what that is? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I have Danny as a strength card. Oh, where's that? Um, it, that? Em- Empress, magician. It, yeah, you got all the big, the higher. I think it's uh, one of my more recent posts. Um, but Midsummer, uh, it. 
so my I had a really tough relationship in California right before I moved out here, and uh, it's kind of funny because it started and closed with Ari Aster movies. Um, it started off with Hereditary, mm-hmm. and it ended with Midsommar. Mm-hmm. And so Midsommar uh, kind of helped me. I think it me before me not knowing that it was a breakup movie, me not knowing the nuance of it, it it unknowingly provided strength to me to learn how to stand up for myself. And so it was also just a mental note of maybe this should end. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it gave me the strength to move past. And so I wanted to draw the yellow triangular building burning Mm -hmm. because I thought it was a good representation of the tower considering that it's kind of it, yep. it it's falling apart right in front of you and you're accepting it because you have let go of this traumatic past mm-hmm. so it's it's super dope um when do you think you will have a full deck so my so it's called the same otero deck i'm a huge jean paul uh, sorry not jean paul godier um jean michel basquiat fan yeah and his literary tag was Samo, and it's short for same old shit. Mm. So I'm titling it the Samo Tarot, mm. um, and it's going to be a dual-sided 80-card deck. And I am currently about 50, 60 cards in, and it's just the minor arcana that's really like taking the most time, but I am hopefully getting it done by the end of the, this week. Is that because all the minor ones have like those details I was talking about in the story, like well, the so it's so I'm turning the minor arcana to represent a playing card deck, mm. um, just because of all the. Uh, I just really love the idea that life is just full of games, and like growing up, I played a lot of card games, so not to necessarily just like intentionally cut the load down, but I figured having a simplistic representation of the minor arcana instead of having this visually overstimulating deck Mm. have cards that are representing those suits but also representing a part of my childhood and so like the major arcana and the face cards are um, heavily inspired by my face value series they're heavily inspired by my drinking buddy series um they're such an emotional tie to me that i'd rather have those cards be really strong than uh, and have some less um visually um intricate cards in there just to even things out Mm. because it's dual sided so one side's going to be all colored and then the back sides are going to be in black and white and all the face cards have two different design languages like the front are all colored in different styles so it looks like they're all scrapped together Mm. and then the back is like all the same design so i'm designing in a sense 160 cards yeah so making that small little cut of not drawing 80 cards like 78 cards it saves you a little bit of time Mm -hmm. and it also saves you a little bit of um, mental exhaustion, but 
Yeah, I, you know, the other day I was looking, I think it was your story, and you had posted uh, your your list of projects, mm-hmm. and it had a lot of, you know, it was notes, some of them were complete, some of them were like to do, and I think the comment you put on it was, it's not as bad as it looks, and when I was reading over it, I was like, this, this is how it is, this yeah. is literally how it is for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe you could speak on like, having the mental bandwidth in order to do as many things as you do. <laughs> so, um, my bandwidth, it, I'm, I'm pretty introverted. Mm-hmm. I can be an extrovert if I need to. It just really drains my battery. Yeah. Um, but when, uh, when I went through that breakup, mm-hmm. I, the relationship got me to drive. Like I didn't, I didn't learn how to drive until that relationship. Ooh. And so, um, though it was hard on me, it learned, it didn't just teach me how to drive. It taught me how to have a drive and a work mm. ethic. And so like, I worked pretty damn hard, like even before the relationship, but like I kicked it into high, ha- like high horse, like, um, and just nonstop grinding on that. And, um, the having the bandwidth kind of it i played a lot of video games mm-hmm. and i found a lot of digital gratification and validation with like the rewards and stuff like that but when i started working and realizing that there was a monetary reward mm-hmm. and then but more importantly so the coworkers and managers going like you're doing a great job that validation and gratification like basically killed my interest in video games Mm. and so me constantly staying busy has like made me just like make myself feel proud of myself for keeping so many projects like i'll be having my fourth art show in september Mm. um i'm just wrapping up my third art show um a week from today and so where where would those be so the uh, closing reception for my third art show is at the generator off of Audi Boulevard in Sparks. Um, it's going to be six to nine. I think it's going to be a low key thing. Like I might bring exploding kittens and risk and see who's down to like do a late night board game thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the September show is going to be at uh, pitch black printing mm-hmm. at, I believe it's September 16th. Um, I'll send you the flyer. Yeah. Um, the opening reception will be on September 16th and we'll be hopefully having that deck available. Mm-hmm. Um, at least there'll be four to buy. Um, but like certain projects don't take as long. So my, th- my book that I made this year, mm-hmm. um, it's 226 pages and I got it done in about two weeks, two and a half weeks. And it's, <laughs> <laughs> and it's purely because I already had the poetry. I already had all the art and like, I wanted to make a retrospective. I really wanted a coffee table book of all my artwork. So that way if people came over and they're like, so what kind of art besides all the art that's on the wall? Like, what do you do? I'm like, here's a book. And like, yeah. you can look at everything. Um, but this tarot deck has been a slower burn and now I'm just kicking back into high gear to get it done. So that way, like not, just to get it done Mm -hmm. but so that way we can have it deliverable Mm -hmm. um but like designing clothes is a a slow burn too because 
making clothes from scratch is really hard Mm -hmm. (laughs) um learning how to make pants like is one of the toughest things i have and um but yeah it's like me developing my bandwidth is uh like it it's taken a long time um but it it still short fuses i'm slow i'm like on the debtor side today (laughs) but it's it's, it's grooves right yeah a little bit every day do fine yeah yeah um i have a question Mm -hmm. i i have a feeling the answer will be yes do you know any poetry off the top of your head uh like my own like your own yeah uh man uh i have some like one-liners like so a dream machine doesn't know how to power down it sounds like a nightmare but you should sleep on it um mm. providing sugar coated food for thought it could be considered a pez dispenser <laughs> they're more like little quip uh poetry yeah. um a coin shortage sounds like or sorry a coin shortage involves nickel and diming and penny pinching but it sounds like a quarter life crisis to me um what good is a green thumb a grit a green thumb can only go so far if you're the seed of my issues um but uh yeah i i I don't memorize like my poetry i memorize a lot of jokes Mm. or like just i i've been making puns about my like piercings the last couple days so i have those stuck in my head did you give me one uh so i have these triangle ones so it was like oh yeah so people can get the point but when Mm. i wear my circle ones i'm just rounding things out but i wear them so i can gauge the conversation yeah and if people are listening to me i'm all ears (laughs) I, uh, your your earrings right now, your triangle earrings, um, without knowing what it is, for me, I'm like, is that kind of like a little skinnier piece of Nevada? No, like, it's they're full-blown triangles. They're just triangles? Yeah, yeah, they're just triangles. Yeah, it almost looks like Nevada, but not as, like, <laughs> stretched. It's know? just a sliver of Nevada. Yeah. It's just, this is the part I like. Right it's here. the east coast <laughs> of Nevada. <laughs> this, is, this is where all the people I like live. Yeah. And then there's that whole big other part right yeah. there. That's fine. <laughs> it's, the, it's the Vegas portion. It's the Vegas portion. Um, uh, with poetry, do you, you put all of your stuff on your Instagram, all of it, or do you have different um like accounts so with poetry i have it like i'll post it from like time to time Mm -hmm. um it's usually like if i'm in the mood for it Mm -hmm. um my poetry is very centered around like just how i'm feeling that day or how i've been feeling the last few weeks if i'm hopeful to find a partner soon if i'm hopeful that things are gonna go well um Sometimes I'll get a little blast of nostalgia and write lines about, um, like I I wrote a poem called "Dear uh, a lovely love letter to a stranger" and one of the lines was I the orange of your jacket matches the VHS tapes we watched as kids. I hope I love you is a three letter expansion pack to the when we decide this game deserves one. Um, just so. It, it really like depends. I like, <laughs> I like your shit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, love. Do you do Monday night poetry still? You go there sometimes. Uh, 
I haven't been going. Uh, I I'm hoping to come go this week. I've just been really dead, uh, like yeah. uh, like not in the literal sense, but uh, like in the figurative. It's mm-hmm. a lot of energy, and um, I'm trying to like grow on my boundaries of like not dedicating time. Like I'm dedicating more time for myself nowadays, and I'm trying to. Um, figure out what my needs are and how I can execute things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do, I want to segue into fashion. Yeah. However, uh, you did bring in some zines, some, some yeah. little things. Oh, they're right over here. Yeah. Excuse me. Maybe. <laughs> here it is. <laughs> um, put this one over. We already went through this one earlier. Me and Cassie were looking at it. Um, so this, you said, was your, your 2020 project yeah. right your art project so that's called untitled depression mm-hmm. and um that's probably about like a month two months into um me dealing with breakup me being quarantined in 2020 and so i wanted to put some of the stronger journal entries and poetry from my journal um into a book with a bunch of uh line work artwork that I've been I experimented with dip pen and so most of those are free handed mm-hmm. um, with some exceptions like the portraiture can be a little bit more intensive so I like to make sure I have uh, guidelines for that kind of stuff but yeah and then at the end here I know it's 2020 because you got George Floyd oh, here yeah. and uh, on the very back page we'll put that up for everybody yeah I um I didn't know, so I took a small break from social media because, um, in, in my in the position that I'm in, I'm very grateful for um, not having like certain issues like the LGBT side. That's definitely a struggle that I have to be a part of the fight, and I wanted to find my way to vocalize to support that side of the movement without trying to like overdo it Mm -hmm. and so um i wanted to do i did the george floyd portrait and then right next to it is my um old house head character that i used to do a bunch and it's saying uh support black musicians businesses artists um and that i stand with the black lives matter movement um and when i initially posted that i reached out to as many black owned businesses, black musicians, black artists that I knew and that they could recommend. And I just tagged them all. Mm-hmm. And I told, I was like, please support all these people. I was like, I know that I'm trying to run a business, but I'd rather you support these businesses first. Mm-hmm. So it's very, I, it's really cool. And the only other piece in this that uh, kind of goes with that is I think this yeah. uh, quality 2020 king of the house design and publishing yeah so one of the previous name titles for my clothing company was king of the house clothing um at first it was androgynous ink but i found out that there was like 18 tattoo parlors named that Mm. and then i changed it to king of the house clothing slash cough um and i designed that when i swapped over to sam serif and then i turned cough into the design and publishing side of things but the stickers of that design is actually holographic Ah. and it's to represent like a Pantone card. Mm. So that way, like it's all the colors included. 
not just uh, BIPOC, but also LGBT. Mm-hmm. And it's just a really nice, easygoing. The little characters that are repeated, there's another design, I think, the next page over, or two pages, but uh, somewhere in there. Um, it says hugs, not hatred. And so, yeah, there we are. Hmm. So um, I originally designed the hugs, not hatred one first, and then I turned it into that little Pantone illustration. Yeah, I liked I liked it. It reminded me of those uh, those paintings where it's like a bird turning into a fish. And it's yeah. the same pattern over and over, just slightly yeah. changing. Um, really like the aesthetic of it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how much is that sticker? Uh, they're actually not available right now. I, I'm planning on making, like, I made them originally as, like, one and a half by, like, two-inch stickers, but mm-hmm. I think I'm going to make more larger framed ones, mm-hmm. update them a little bit so they have serif in it and, yeah. like, make it a more up-to-date year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But uh, they'll, they might peek their head out soon. I'm, at some point, I know I'm, I'm broke as joke right now, but <laughs> some point, I definitely want to get, me like, both. a sticker, uh, your book, um, I got this this wall in my house, the bar wall. Yeah. Literally, we've just been putting stickers on it now for the last year. So it actually looks like a bar now. Only right there, though. <laughs> I have a skateboard filled with, like, previous and current friends and, like, Ooh. artists that I've met, like, stickers just coated in the skateboard. Yeah. And I thought I lost all of my old stickers. And I was moving stuff around, and I found my baggie with a bunch of old, old stickers. Ooh. So, like, I have one uh, equality sticker left. I have one hugs, not hatred. Like, I yeah. have one off of, like, all these original stickers. So That's great. Yeah. That's important. Um, we actually didn't go through this earlier. Uh, I wanted to, to save it. Yeah. So um, that one's called I Don't Work Hard Enough. Um, I thought I was the coolest kid on the block. I thought I worked so hard because I did photography, graphic design, and illustration, and I was painting jackets. Is this some of your pottery? Here? No. no wonder so Peanut. That is my ex-girlfriend's artwork. Uh, yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, She's great. Yeah. Yeah. She was, she's a phenomenal sculptor. Um, so, so in this, you... Um, I'm kind of curating a lot of different artists, I see. Yeah, so the opening pages, um, I did a mission statement, and then I also did advertisements for friends. So my um, the Cruel Vision, he makes, like, lathed pens and all that good jazz and stickers. And some of these people, like, they don't even exist on Instagram anymore, or some of these projects just don't exist. Um, but that was going over, like, the start of, like, King of the House and, like, where it came from and... Um, some of like the design language that I wanted to have and some of the shirts that I couldn't like afford to go print from like Uber prints or custom ink at the time. Um, but, uh, I wanted to make something that people could like keep in their house. And this was before zine culture was huge. And so, um, I just thought it was like a catalog kind of thing. I like that the king of the house aesthetic is almost the very king of the hill. Like maybe it's just the, the lettering. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, um, growing up, it was funny cause that was one of my guilty pleasure shows. So my dad's like, I don't understand how you like king of the hill. It's so dry. And nowadays I'm just like, doesn't it make perfect sense now? Cause all I do is dry dad jokes. Like I think king of the hill was like a sleeper for a lot of people. Yeah. It just kind of went under the radar. And if you're a fan, you're a fan. Yeah. If not, you're like, I don't understand why this is on like Adult Swim. I yeah. don't find it funny. Yeah. You know, and maybe it's because it's right next to things like 
Family, family Guy, guy American and Dad, Rick and Morty, and all yeah. that stuff that's very flashy and very yeah. like joke, 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 joke. But yeah. now when you watch King of the Hill, it's it's more relatable than any of those other ones for sure. Well, like, and it's by the same guy who did Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. So everyone's like, oh, well, it's not Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. So, well, at least it's not Beavis. And <laughs> but I love Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. And I, uh, I have the whole else. collection. Like, but. Um, I think it's Mike Judge. That's yeah, Mike Judge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Mike Judge because we know you're watching. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like he, Beavis and Butthead, and then like Ren and Stimpy, like classic mm-hmm. '90s cartoons. Yeah. Billy and Mandy. Yeah. Uh, Powerpuff Girls. Mm-hmm. I was super into all of that. That stuff is the best stuff, though. Yeah. Like, yeah. There Billy was one, Mandy for sure. Yeah. There was one episode where Billy helped an alien like get brains to eat. Sounds right. And there was a music number, and it was just, like, the best thing ever. I was like, oh, I want to do weird stuff. All that stuff seems like it's dying, too. Yeah. You know? I Like, the last time I looked at Nickelodeon, I was like, so you've got SpongeBob still. And But do they? It's not, they like, don't, it's it's not, not the original. It's not the same. It feels like they're just keeping... Like, they're it's either making shows... Yeah, they're making shows to make products, or they're making products to make shows. <laughs> yeah, it's... A hundred percent. SpongeBob used to be good and it was good for several seasons. And then there was a certain point yeah. where it became the cash cow. And then slowly yeah. they kind of lost all their other bangers, you know, yeah. um, which is unfortunate because yeah. I really liked Nick growing up. Uh, but I feel like now, even though Cartoon Network rest, rest in peace, but they really were the, yeah. the one yeah. for cartoons, you know, yeah. they really excelled more than. Most of the other ones. For yeah. Me. I was mm-hmm. a huge Cartoon Network kid. Especially because it's like, it's not just Cartoon Network. It's like you watch Cartoon Network and then you watch Adult Swim. And then, and you, then watch you watch Toonami. S- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 You stay up hella late. Yeah. And you <laughs> watch all of this random anime at like two in the morning. When I was like in my emo phase, like all these uh, before like Weeb and like the huge anime manga scene became like someone was trying to talk me into starting to watch anime and I started watching bleach on there mm-hmm. and I missed it for like two days and it went from episode 399 to like episode 864. And I was like, what, how much anime did I miss in two days? Like, and to Toonami's not even that long. So <laughs> it's it, anime is crazy. Yeah. It's definitely long form wise. I think it's one of the best mediums uh, just because it is more long form than anything yeah. I've ever experienced. Like I've only watched one anime all the way through, which was Naruto. Okay. And when I watched it, I watched it canon only. I would go online, type in to Google Naruto canon, and it would have you watch yeah. like 20 episodes. And then it would have you skip about 15 filler episodes where all the characters okay. are there, but they learn nothing. Nothing changes. Yeah. No one dies. We're going to have to turn this into like a two part episode or something like that. Yeah. You want to watch some anime? Is that what? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, because of the time. I mean, yeah. It's fine. No, we, okay. we'll, we'll go for another uh, 20, 30 minutes. It, it just depends on the conversation. Yeah. Man. I still want to talk to you time. about um, so. fashion. Yeah. I want to talk to you about fashion. Okay. So, so this year, I've tried to get into fashion more. Mm-hmm. Um, Without going too much into detail about it, I I went through a breakup okay. myself in December, um, and my ex was very into fashion and very into making clothing and yeah. all this stuff, and and um, realized in hindsight looking at it that one of the things I appreciated and loved about her most 
was that she would go to thrift shops and get stuff for me. Yeah. You know, there's certain articles of clothing that before I'd been like, oh, I, this is a nice piece. I like this. Or, oh, I remember when I got this yeah. or my mom got this for me or whatever it is. But it suddenly became this memory of like, no, this was bought for me. And, yeah. I, and, and also it was bought with the intention of like, I will look good in this. Yeah. You know, and I really, I loved it. And I started to try to buy more of my own clothing, which has been, uh, an issue for me. I'm always throughout my entire life. I've gone to JC Penney's or, yeah. or, you know, Mervin's? whatever with Mervyn's, wherever <laughs> it is with, um, with when my R mom or myself. R and, R and, and, you know, if I'm by myself, I'm very like, I get in, I get yeah. out, I need shoes, get the shoes. That's it. Yeah. Or I need a shirt, you know, get the shirt. That's it. When my mom's there, uh, we would go through and like buy like back to school clothing and yeah. she'd be like, try this uh, polo. And I'm like, that's not me. You know, like when I was yeah. young, I remember going out and buying um, six shirts all plain and they were one of each color. Like I had literally yeah. the rainbow of shirts and I was just like, this is so cool. You know, I always yeah. thought that that was like, that was the aesthetic that and uh beetle shirts. That's okay. all I wore in high school and jeans. Literally, there was an entire year, sophomore year, I only wore a Beatles shirt every single day. When I was in middle school, I had my hair down to my shoulders, and I wore, like, baggy black jeans, and I wore, like, an unbuttoned, button-down shirt. And people were like, you're not an emo kid. You look like John Lennon or, like, a Beatles type. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's cool. You're like, I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> it's still edgy. Just I'm edgy city. John Lennon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so the the point of that yeah, story, yeah, yeah. like, I, I don't find myself good at fashion and I, I, someone like you, yeah. you kind of just have dived into it. Whenever I see your stuff, I'm always very inspired because it's very, uh, differentiating. Yeah. You know, you have a lot of different looks like you were saying before, this is kind of my, uh, when you talk about Lil Yachty and, and getting into, um, was it Lil Yachty? Yeah. yeah, yeah right. Um, going into thrift culture, you know, yeah. that's a certain kind of look. Yeah. Um, I'm just like going off right now because this I've been interested in this um, if you were to meet someone like me who is just like mm, fashion I want to get into it but not really my thing kind of maybe have some things I like yeah. what, where would you point them what would you say to like inspire them get them out there to go find their own look it, it's similar to the advice that I give my customers when I help them like shop for footwear it's really depends on like what you're trying to go for and like what you're trying to do because like I know some people who want to look as like middle of the road as possible JC Penney's and like the like go to till like if you're trying to look like middle of the road skater kid go to Tilly's go to Zoomies go to like like I mean you can make yourself look unique through going through the mall like if it just really depends on your price point and it really depends on like what you're trying to look for but if you're trying to be unique in your own way it takes time to find your own like vision and so um i wasn't comfortable wearing baggy clothes until after high school i wanted to just wear as skinny of jeans as possible and then like i found these guest jeans i found three pairs of 80s and 90s guest jeans at a goodwill for eight dollars a piece i didn't think i i was like mom like i need these like let me have these so she gave me the money for them, and I bought them, and I've had them for seven years now. Um, but, like, it it takes a lot of – it's kind of just trying to figure out your identity. 
Hmm. So like clothing is so sentimental too. Like I, right now I'm actually trying to downsize my closet because I've bought in so much stuff that I love that I rather have a lot more of other people have it than I would. And, um, and like really try to hone back into like a uniform, um, like just wearing black and white and like my stuff. But, um, like look at your closet, Mm. see what makes you feel comfortable. Mm. What makes you like, and then think of like what makes you feel uncomfortable because what makes you uncomfortable is probably something that you might want to try out in like a few weeks. It might Mm -hmm. be something um, like Tyler, the creator in an interview was like, yeah, I see someone wear all black tech gear and I'm like, Hmm, maybe I'm going to try that six months from now. Mm -hmm. You never know. But right now I'm super into periwinkle and light blue. Like it, it, it's a it's a never ending like revolving door where you you don't know what's next Mm -hmm. and like recently i've been trying to get into a more feminine side of clothing Mm -hmm. um i was actually gonna wear a skirt today but it's made out of sweatshirt fleece and at 97 degrees i'm i'm okay yeah but um be breezy yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) but like um it, it really just depends. You kind of grow into your closet and when people gift you clothes that you like, that means that they're seeing what you like carry yourself as. And so look at those pieces that you enjoy and try to see if you can find more of that out there. Mm-hmm. So like my clothes, when I make sweaters and jackets, it's always like an oversized or a comfort thing. Um, my first collection is called just comfort because it's sweaters and the clothes that have kept me comfortable, like through difficult situations. Mm -hmm. Like I've held on to my oversized knitted sweaters through my breakup and through me moving. And like, I just uh, sold them because I'm, I'm ready to move on from that. And I'm making my own comfortable sweaters that I can like live in. And so, so the utility, the feeling. Yeah. A lot of them, the feeling, that's what I'm yeah. getting from you. Like, like the comfort, um, you know, it, it's interesting cause I'm kind of putting this together. Like I do sometimes where it's like all mediums are just like intertwined in so yeah. many ways. And, you know, for filmmaking, for acting, you, the person coming to, uh, experience it, the audience member, it's for them to feel Yeah, uh, like it's not for you as the actor to feel you're going up there to perform, right. you know, um, and also to bring in any emotions that are your own, quite narcissistic. Yeah. Like you're not in, if you were a character, you're not Sam, you're the character. Right. Sam's emotions, they don't matter. Right. They go to the side. It's the character. Right. So in this same way, it's like with fashion, it's about how the person feels. It's yeah. about how they sit in their own body yeah. and, and how they look with that. Right. Right. And how they want to transform in right. whatever way or be perceived. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like when growing up when they were like yeah be in the middle like be like your brothers dress like your brothers wear the dirt bike brands wear the uh, like semi skinny Levi's um like clothing can be used to either individualize yourself or to unify groups of people like camp counselor t-shirts yeah um just like basic t-shirts um but and people will use that. It's kind of like the whole no spaghetti straps because it makes 
someone feel uncomfortable when in reality it's like it's just someone trying to control you you need to dress however like feels genuinely yourself Mm. you shouldn't dress for other people you should dress for yourself Mm. i was a brunette no piercings no like one tattoo up until i moved out here and um just looked like every other white male kid in a small hometown and i chose that i want to look like myself and i want to i want people to know that i'm still the same person but i'm different and that like i'm noticeable Mm -hmm. i don't want to be swept under the rug or dismissed i've been quiet like i've been kept quiet like a lot of times so Mm -hmm. even though i don't want to talk a lot i'll be loud in another sense so i like that a lot um i wanted to ask you on uh going more into uh androgynous feminine clothing um maybe just like inspirations you have on that side um because i feel as if in the last couple years i have a lot of uh non-binary or trans friends or um just people i have a lot of people friends right and um in that that community i always find that they're so open at wearing whatever and a lot of the time you know i never thought like oh you could wear that or this but then i see it i'm like this fits you this is great you know um that's not everybody's perception for sure um so i guess my my questions would be you know inspirations um and then for the people out there that are like looking towards this type of uh clothing and and how they want to look what would you say to them for the fact that they might go out and not be perceived by someone in uh, a really positive light they might be saying you know you um they might look at you and say you present as a man why are you wearing a dress or or uh you know uh same to a woman yeah in um or or you know right yeah yeah. Yeah. um so uh like growing up female figures have always been like uh, like without getting too far into it women have been more of my like inspiration in life Mm -hmm. or like female presenting people Mm -hmm. and so most of my fashion wants and fashion needs um have been from that side and i haven't seen much like male representation like gender boundaries are getting blurred right now Mm -hmm. but like in the ways that high fashion companies want them to be Mm -hmm. it's not like smaller companies are trying to do their own unique vision um but if you see someone and you go oh i wish i could be like that person there's like a handful of uk based like tattoo artists or uh, uh, aestheticians yes yeah um i'm gonna i'm gonna say it wrong too uh, (laughs) cosmo cosmetologists yeah um and skin people yeah yeah um who are like heavily tattooed and they are all beautiful women who um i see that and i'm like i wish my i wish i could be like them but i am a masculine being so i need to find ways to wear clothes that can get close to that mm-hmm. and where i can or i need to make a, a garment that is close to that mm-hmm. um i see high-end fashion wear that i wish i could own 
And so I make stuff that I can because I can afford the $30 of fabric and the six hours that it will take me to make that rather than the $300, $400 worth of yeah. Like, yeah. So um, it looking at who's your inspiration, looking at who um, who you resonate with. Um, fortunately and unfortunately, Kanye West was one of my like huge style inspirations. Yeah. Um, like not like so heavily, like more Virgil Abloh, who founded Off White and Pyrex Vision and was um, a creative director for Louis Vuitton up until 2021 when he passed away from cancer um, or a rare heart condition. Um, seeing men uh, or masculine presenting people dress in a specific way that blurs those lines, but not necessarily in a huge statement way. Like, And even like Kid Cudi, he showed up in dress a few times. And um, it's finding those people who like you can resonate with and that are like visually showing that they want this for more people. Mm -hmm. Um, so like I, I tend to not try to pull a lot of inspiration from a lot of people. Um, just so that way my brain, like when I'm designing stuff can be pretty empty and I can just design stuff off the fly. Um, or like if I come up with a cool idea, like turning a button down shirt into a backpack. Hmm. Um, but like just playing with the androgyny and like, cause women's button down shirts aren't too different from men's button down shirts. Hmm. It's just the buttons are a different direction. And if you just size up or two sizes up, it usually fits you around the same. Hmm. Um, and like, so it's like this small, like just starting with small little hints because now it's the point where I'm wearing like short sleeves, like cardigan, like turtleneck sweaters mm-hmm. to work. And people are like, yeah, no one's going to mistake you as a, like, <laughs> like a, a typical straight person. Like, yeah. like they're like, you are wearing your identity as your badge at work. And it's, yeah. I'm, I'm always talking with my roommate. Um, hi Joe. I love you. Uh, Joe is, so queer and she's always going out and she she's just <laughs> she'll be like Cody my fingernails they need to be nice and short so everyone knows everyone knows yeah I can't have those long fingernails yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah things like that right just little things yeah um, that kind of like when people see you they can they know who you are yeah right you present as you are yeah I like that yeah, like like yeah. if someone's not comfortable like fully like dressing like the opposite gender or like mm-hmm. going full like dresses and skirts are something that I'm still like trying to figure out like like I see a lot of um people wearing them in public like mm-hmm. men, women, uh, people who identify as non-binary or are transitioning slowly. Mm-hmm. Um and like it puts a smile on my face because they found comfort in wearing it in public. And I, I'm like, Oh, hopefully soon I can. Mm. And, um, but like starting off with high waisted jeans that are like more feminine cut and like wearing sport, like earrings that people would assume are a little bit more like feminine, like Mm. just those subtle things 
were like a really good um starting point but yeah nice yeah i uh i was very interested in in all that sorry i'm just like i'm just like it's a lot like and what i just said is a lot of word vomit um like i like in my head because i just i try to make myself as happy as possible Hmm. and if i just see a like a shirt or like pants that I really like, or I'm just like, Oh, like I bought myself three and a half inch platform doc Martin heels because I was like, you know, if I show up in a full like masculine outfit, but then people see my shoes, they're going to know what's up. <laughs> like, yeah. And then like when, uh, like my friends, like my female friends see me walking around, they're like, what you drove here in those? I'm jealous. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, it, like after tur- like after turning 25, I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I don't have to dress to like present for anyone. I'm by myself. Like it. Like, and I was working two jobs at the same time, so I was like, I'm a dual income household. I'm both the husband and the wife. I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm gonna dress up like both of them at the same exact time. Yeah. So like, I like I just live life every single day, and I I'm like my behavioral patterns change, but like I, I keep thinking like I want to be as happy as I can that day. And if I'm in the shittiest mood, I'm going to dress way better. I've lived off of dress better than you feel. So if I feel like shit, you know, I'm coming in with like sparkly ass earrings. Mm. I'm wearing the nicest shirt I own. I'm, I'm either going to look like a retired old dad or I'm going to look like I'm the top, quality uh coach handler or whatever like back handler yeah yeah that you remind me of something my mom told me a long time ago uh dress how you feel it's it was like dress um dress how you want to be presented yeah you know as you that concept of like dress like the job you want to have i was also taught that a lot too yeah um which for for you i mean like rings pretty freaking true Cause when I see you, I'm like, must be into fashion. Like if I didn't show <laughs> you, I'm like must, must be into fashion. Yeah. Especially your shoes. Your shoes are pretty sick. Like the little like, uh, the little tap. The, the little like way that it's kind of yeah. woven together. These are uh, if if Jacques Moose is ever paying attention to podcasts, <laughs> I fucking love them, and I wish I could afford their clothes so yeah. much. These are Jacques Moose um, Nikes. So they're called the JF ones, J force ones, Jacques Moose force ones. Mm-hmm. Um, they are an air force one that have just been completely minimalized. Yeah. So it's just this super thin and outsole wove like woven into it with the shoelace mm-hmm. and then a insert that's about that thin, like inside of it. It's the most minimalist shoe I own. Um, most of them are like three stacked cushion like super loud like crazy shoes or like new balances or like i i started collecting jordans because i was finding deals Mm, yeah but like i don't know i like the different sneakers i have to buy more pairs because i'm starting to uh, crease these but if i Mm. when i get the money for it but like i buy stuff that makes you happy because all these people are like, oh, I got like my little brother. He sent me a text like, oh, I bet I have a better Jordan collection than you. <laughs> and, and I just responded with, I bet 
I have a better shoe. Like I'm like I know I have a better <laughs> shoe collection than you because yeah. it's what makes me happy. I'm not gonna spend twelve hundred dollars on a pair of Jordans because Travis Scott collaborated with them. Mm-hmm. Like, have I wanted to drop three hundred and fifty dollars on a pair of Yeezys when he was cool? Yeah, but I bought the two hundred and fifty dollar hoodie because mm-hmm. I know that I was gonna wear those more often than the shoes. Yeah. So, but like, uh, yeah, like fashion. I would say that I'm in it, but I'm also not in it because, mm. like, I have the books. I mm. watch it sometimes. I watch mm. video essays on it, but I'm not like, uh, oh, did you see what dropped this collection? Mm. Did you like? I'm not um, like knees deep into it. I'm yeah. like, I'm just like pinky toeing it. Yeah. Like, could so. could I bring up one of your pieces on yeah. on Instagram? Yeah. Uh, let me go back. Yeah. And cuz like I want to I eventually want to go to school for product design and focus on apparel and footwear but mostly on like the tech side of things. So um working on making higher quality products that aren't just sustainably made but ethically made. Um because a lot of the boots that you can buy if you want them U.S. made or like semi-ethically made, like Italian or whatever, you're paying at least three hundred dollars. Danner boots. I have two pairs that are four hundred and fifty dollars each because they're U.S. built and they're repairable and they're full grain leather. But most shoes like these Nikes, they're using genuine leather, which is leather pulp. So it's like mm. pressed to make it look like it with a thick laminate of color or pigmentation to it. Mm. Um, so you're not getting higher quality goods until you reach around $250, $300. That makes sense because there's who was I was with Joe. I was in uh, Save Mart with Joe yeah. and I was wearing this leather jacket. Yeah. That I've kept for a pretty long time. The, yeah. um, the zipper on it has broken. Yeah. But every once in a while, I'm like, I'm going to wear it today. I'm feeling the leather yeah. jacket. So I'm walking around, and there's this guy, long hair, beard. Didn't even notice he was there. It's kind of like that meme of The Office where Dwight's there, and then I think it's uh, the his girlfriend is like right behind. He's like, Jesus Christ. It's uh, like, Angie? Yeah, Angie, yeah. yeah, she's, yeah. He's like, what the fuck? You know? Um, it felt like that because literally like I just I just feel a presence behind me. And then I hear out of nowhere, that's genuine leather, but but real, real genuine leather. And now that you're saying like genuine leather is that pulp compression, yeah. I think what he meant is like it's actually real leather. It's not genuine. Yeah, he so, just didn't know the phrasing. Yeah. So genuine leather is the pulp like off of leather. Yeah. Half grain. You're like you're losing the bottom half of mm-hmm. like the grain structure like the loose side Mm -hmm. so um and then you have full grain leather which Mm -hmm. is the entire um grain itself Mm -hmm. so you're getting the full hide like the full thickness of hide yeah um new buck is the top uh like sanded down so that's why it's like slightly like softer Mm -hmm. and then um suede is basically that leather pulp just not pressed Mm um yeah and so, like, full-grain leather doesn't, like, stretch as much. Like, if you've ever had a genuine leather belt mm. um, and you notice that, like, all those loopholes have, like, stretched out over time, mm. it's because you've pulled the fibers to, like, stretch out. You know a lot about leather. 
I know a lot about a lot of things. You, these seems uh, like it. Yeah, you're like just like I, pulling I, it out. Like I had a customer come in, and I'm like, oh, I like your Dior saddlebag, and I love your Alexander Wang asymmetrical jeans, and like, and my coworkers are like, where do you find time to like shop this much? Like, yeah. <laughs> like I look at Essence all the time because I just there are things that I want, but there are things that I can't afford, and things that I hope to be able to make at one point in time, or like work for them. And yeah find your own way to get it you don't have to just pay for it right um is there i was going through and uh the posts that i found the first couple were just you uh like in the winter yeah um in a uh, a lawn chair yeah um i'll put these i'll put some of these over myself right now um but are the these are all things you've made or yeah yeah so uh here so i brought one of my sweaters in oh dope um this one's made out of, uh, I think it's a 50-50 polyester cotton fleece. It's big. Um, I love oversized clothes. Yeah. Um, holy crap. I want to be consumed by my sweaters. I was about to say, I won't, um, I'm I won't be, go out of the shop, but I just want to give like context. Yeah. So everybody. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a medium fits like up to an XL technically. I, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. Yeah. Cause I, so everybody knows if, if you don't really know me in real life, I'm six one, uh, and three quarters of an inch, um, almost six two. So like that, that is a big, yeah. yeah. Comfy. Yeah. yeah. As you were saying before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like, yeah. so that photo shoot, my friend John, uh, JBK images, uh, or JBK photography. Mm-hmm. He's such a sweet and kind human being. Um, I had to miss work cause my Toyota couldn't make it three feet out of my parking space cause of how bad the snow was that day. Um, so, uh, we waited until after my shift technically, would have ended because they wanted me to come into work whenever my snow got pl- whenever the snow got plowed, but my snow didn't get plowed until like right around closing time. Mm-hmm. So we went across the street, brought the lawn chair, brought a uh, I brought a thermos of uh, green tea or like uh, brec- English breakfast tea or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, brought my jackets, brought my sweaters, um, and. We did a quick impromptu photo shoot in the neighborhood right next to it. Uh, yeah, I like I like it a lot. Yeah. Um, let me find another one. I think yeah. I saw. I also brought. Um, it's not the Sherpa line jacket in those photos, but this is an unlined jacket that I oh nope that's the pants. Dim's the pants. So I messed up and I didn't bring the jacket. Um, I think okay. I was about to wear it today. Um, but uh, like to show a little bit of progression, mm-hmm. this is actually the first hoodie that I've actually gotten printed for King of the House. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the first print. Yeah. Had. Oh, I see. Yeah. So it's been well loved on a Hanes Ultimate cotton hoodie. Um, but that's so much more form fitting than the original than my ideas but most of my goods nowadays are either these like oversized sweaters or these like Carhartt canvas pants that I make um, to look like Jinko jeans 
Well. I actually wore those to a uh, punk rock flea uh, last year, and everyone's like, "Those are like what I wish Jinko would make." <laughs> cool, yeah. These are oh, they're super deep pockets. They fit like two whole water bottles in them. Um, I'm very much form over, uh, or I'm very much function over form, but yeah. at the same time, I learned how to make them look cool. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, those are cool bass pants. Um, I found this lovely lady here. I'm not sure. That's my friend. That's my friend Courtney. She's also a part of Monday Night Poetry. Wearing uh, one of your dresses. Yeah. Um, which seems to have some sort of like train cape. It's like an orange dress. I'll put it over myself on the on the video. Yeah. So um, it was the night of my opening reception, mm-hmm. like day of, and I was just uh, I. She was like, I asked her if she wanted to wear one of my dresses that I've made and um, all the stuff that I had. I was like, ah, I want I want her to be comfortable. I don't want her wearing like a full nylon dress. I don't want her to feel like be like overheating and like so I wanted to make her a nice uh, like cotton poly ribbed dress. And so I threw that onto the dress form and like just draped it super quick and um, made a super nice and simple dress. And then it seems like she has a, a belt on. Yeah, I made that belt uh, after I made the dress. So that way on the back, I made it so that way there's little uh, divots. So that way the um, fabric can like go outwards. And then the belt helps like hold it in, but also like exaggerates it a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, so much about I know nothing about fashion really. So <laughs> like I, in my mind, I was like, I gotta ask Sam about I, what I've been told is that I'm really good at draping, mm-hmm. but everyone's excited for when I know how to do everything technically. Mm-hmm. So, what is draping? Draping is, um. So men suits are tailored mm-hmm. or like it involves tailoring mm-hmm. which it's a, a lot of pattern work and where draping is more um you're draping it on the mannequin and your or the f- figure and you're trying to make it um you're you're draping the material over and making like working that material around it to where you want it to be Mm. it's not like you're basing it off of patterns you're not Mm -hmm. basing it off of measurements you're just wrapping it on that dress form and making it to the vision that you want it to Mm. okay yeah thank you at least that's my understanding of it there could be a super technical like 18 page definition of draping Probably is somewhere. Probably a video essay with somebody just school. like going off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, excuse me. Just lost Here my on. train of thought. Uh, what are the... So you, you have two art shows coming up, yeah. correct? Um, uh, one art show. One art show. I'm wrapping up. And you're one. wrapping up an art show. Yeah. yeah. Um, can you can you plug those and any other things that you happen to have going on? Yeah, so uh, like I said previously, the one that I'm wrapping up is on August 19th. It's for my face value show at the Generator off of Audi Boulevard and Sparks. Um, and that one's a lot of just mental health-related artwork. Um, and uh, it's 
actually a lot of my tarot designs are on there like current tarot designs that I've finished and then the upcoming show like uh, it's September 16th at pitch black printing and that one is called time to move on I was originally supposed to move um, but um, I've adapted it to me moving from focusing on fine art painting and focusing on like graphics and um, patterns so working on painting patterns on canvases and then turning them into textiles or painting my dresses painting my jackets and um, kind of going back to my roots and trying to mix all of the previous inspirations into it mm -hmm. um, yeah same Otero deck should be done hopefully within the next month um, like I'll try to wrap up all the cards by the next week and then um, get them printed by that art show yeah. so yeah. Um, what are all of the places online that I could possibly find you? Uh, so currently I mostly work off of Instagram and so you can find me at underscore serif um, or mason underscore serif and that's m-i-m-a-i-s-o-n underscore s-e-r-r-i-f and it's underscore s-e-r-r-i-f um, Serif is going to be the streetwear side of things, my art, my tarot decks. Um, and then the Maison Serif is more of like the experimental fat, um, higher end garment making. So yeah, it's pretty dope. Yeah. Uh, working on an Etsy shop. So that way I can have art available and stickers available. Um, it's, and then trying to make pre-orders for certain shirts. I have a campaign that I'm currently working on to, um, as a my dad's still alive but i want to make a tribute uh collection towards him where i use some of his uh self-employed company stuff to make a collection around so yeah that's cool yeah um i told oh if somebody wanted to contact you to get your things instagram's the best place yeah do you do you only make your own works and then sell them or is there any commission based things that you consider yeah so i make all my own original stuff um and then i do commission work so if people want a custom jacket i'm i'm working on a few commissions for some tattoo artists that i'm getting work done by right now um but i'm definitely down to make whatever people want um i'll be honest about my skill level um artwork graphic design anything i'll do commission work for so yeah cool yeah cool um well is is there anything else you want to talk about that's the only other thing I, I feel like i've been trying to go around your mediums and i know you know most of the time when people come on here we get to a point where we hit the end and it's just like these are the arts i've made but it seems to me that we could sit here for a long time yeah. to get to every single thing you've done. Right. Yeah. Is there anything you want to like highlight or something? Um, I'm like, I, I, I just, it's, it's always like the, uh, kind of like when you're being interviewed for a job. So do you have any questions for us? Yeah. And your yeah, brain just like, goes, no, I'm perfectly fine. And then like two <laughs> weeks later, you're like, darn it. Maybe if I asked them this one question, like yeah. it would have like made things go by so much. Um, like my overall journey has been nothing but growth trials and tribulations, mm -hmm. trying to find myself while trying to vocalize for other people. And like, but I also, 
trying to help people and um so if younger artists are listening to this and they're trying to figure out where they want to go if people who are trying to figure out where they want to be for their identity and um just sit with yourself just just like don't take other people's input um if it doesn't feel like it's genuinely improving you if it doesn't resonate with you then you shouldn't take it um but like you are your own worst critic but you're also the first person to love yourself and if you're not true to yourself then it's not going to be a good existence and i've learned that the hard way through just growing up um and find those people to look up to who like virgil abloh like i was saying um he passed away in 2021 um more recently um chris sponto print up from born and raised he was an la uh, based brand born and raised um he passed away a few months ago but he was a huge community leader and um that inspired me to wanting to have such a strong community-based brand and like just be a community-based person and actually like try to be there for people so but also like gauge your social battery gauge your energy levels because just because you want to help the community doesn't mean you have the energy for it mm-hmm. and you need to focus on yourself before you can focus on other people so i like that yeah very wise words uh Thank you very much. Thank I you. I really appreciate you coming in. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I think that's it. Yeah. See you. Yeah. Thank you. Until yeah. next time. Au revoir. <laughs> cool. Cool. And that's it. Awesome. It's easy. How, how how long was it? Hour 40. Hour 40? Great. Yeah. Yeah. We literally, it gets to this point where it's like an hour is the minimum, but there's some people pretty early on. We had this girl named Jillian and she was a 